Hi, welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Abe Miller, here with the infamous Jason Jackson. Abe, I was just thinking, when you and I met, this just came to my mind. We met in, was it 2002? Must have been somewhere around there. We've been friends for a very long time. You've been a good friend of mine, and we're both amazingly good-looking guys. Absolutely. Huge. Beards. Yeah. Great beards. Yep, both of us. Yep. If you're if you're listening to the podcast, you have to check it out on some kind of video, because both Abe and I have huge, full beards right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so anyways, we are here talking about the message from Sunday. Yeah. Which we were talking about the ascension and why it was such a terrible idea. No, that is not the that is not Seems the, like it is, right? That's not the title. But yeah, you preached a message on the Ascension, which is not a topic that we talk about very often yeah. in our churches or in just conversation as a whole, which you brought up. But give us a quick uh just a quick high level of the the message and then we'll kind of d- dig into some of the specifics. Yeah, so the ascension is basically Jesus being taken up into heaven from earth, physically, bodily, visibly, right there on the Mount of Olives, from the Mount of Olives up into heaven. He gets caught up with the cloud, in a cloud, and the cloud sort of envelops him and takes him up, and he begins his, you know, sort of heavenly ministries right now. It happens 40 days after Easter, and uh, it's just something that we have not, I, I guess me, I personally have not really put a massive emphasis on it or its implications in my own life. And I've never really been in a church that has, in our tradition, I guess, put a major right. emphasis on celebrating what we might call Ascension Day or uh, really talking about it a whole bunch. We, we, we believe it. We agree with it. We're thankful for it. But in my study and in my own personal conversations, um, I just realized I, I don't really know why we don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't spend more time thinking and, and praising God for it and for its implications in my current life, the life of our church and the life of the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think back to like, when's the last time I've heard a message about the Ascension? Like we mention it, we talk about it like, yep, yeah. you know, and, and okay, we just skip across it. And you kind of mentioned that in the, in the message. I really did appreciate uh, when you talked about, um, just the different, like, why don't we talk about it? And you had several, I'm just going to, I'm just going to read them here real quick. The Ascension event is barely mentioned in the Bible. This yeah. might be one of the reasons why we yep. don't talk about it. Yep. The Ascension seems like a bad plan. Mm-hmm. And the, the Ascension event is a little weird. Yeah. And as you started to talk about that, I, it was like a breath of fresh air just to be like, yeah, I think I have a lot of those same thoughts that you mentioned. Like, it's just weird. I mean, like, even to, like, picture it, what you talked about, like, did Jesus, like, fly up super fast? Or was it, like, <laughs> levitating very slowly yeah. up into the air? It was just good, I think, for us to ask those questions, which I just really appreciated that. Well, that like, honestly, I'm a simple guy, I think. And, and so that's how my mind works. I try to... I don't do this as often as I should, but I try to put myself into that Bible story, right? Like, what what would this have looked like if I were there? And what would this have meant to me if I were actually watching this? What if I were one of Jesus' disciples? You know, who, who would I... Who would I relate to most? Would it be Peter or Andrew or Philip or, you know, those guys? How would I have responded to that? And so, in my, I, I know this is a little bit of imagination, but I think it's good for us as long as it doesn't cross the line into speculation and, and you know, mm-hmm. adding to Scripture. And I think it's 
you know, it's, it's clear what the Bible says, but I like picturing myself there and trying to figure out what would that have actually meant to me. And these are stories that, you know, we know, and maybe if you've grown up in church or you, you've grown up in a house that, you know, reads the Bible, uh, you've heard these stories in our Life of Christ series quite a bit, but have never really considered its implications, those stories' implications for your own life. It's sort of things that we just assume, and we don't really go back to and saying, why are those important? Why was it important that Jesus did that, said that, believed that, you know, interacted that mm-hmm. way? So, yeah, it, you know, the ascension seems to us like a bad plan. It seems like the Bible doesn't mention the event itself a whole lot, and then it just kind of feels a little bit weird when you when you picture it as if you were there. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. You had you had mentioned earlier to me about the that that thought of like is the sen- the ascension necessary for the gospel or something along that lines. I mean, talk a little bit about what you were thinking there and the question you were asking yourself and maybe yeah. the conclusion you came to. Yeah. So the we assume um, we because the ascension happens. There's a lot of things that we take for granted because the ascension happened. It's a fact. We, we, you know, we read it. It's an event. It's a story that's not made up. Jesus actually did rise, was taken up from earth to heaven. He is actually, we'll get into this, but on the throne right now. We, we believe it happened, and because it happened, there's a lot of things that we take for granted right now. Uh, the things that, you know, are the good news that Jesus is gone. Um, what is Jesus doing right now? And so my question thinking through this was, if the ascension was so important in Jesus' life, uh, is it essential for the gospel message? Is it essential that I believe in the ascension for the gospel to really take root in my life? And I, I, you know, I kind of went back and forth on that. I, I guess I stopped short of saying, yeah, the ascension, believing in the ascension is part of the gospel. But I have a really hard time saying that you can believe the gospel without believing in the ascension. But here's what I found in my own in my own world as I was studying this. We typically think of you know, the, the four or five major things in Jesus' life as his birth, you know, we celebrate that at Christmas, and then we think of his sinless, perfect life, and then we've got his sacrificial death on the cross, which is Good Friday, right. and it's a good thing. His birth is a good thing, his life is a good thing, his death is a good thing, we call it Good Friday, um, and then his resurrection, of course, is a great thing. That's Easter, that's like, you know, we call it like our Super Bowl, it's one of the biggest events of the entire calendar here right. in our evangelical churches. So we've got those four things, and then then if there's a fifth one, it's like, it's the return. It's the return of Christ. We don't know exactly when that's happening, but everybody's looking forward to it, right? So we say his birth, life, death, resurrection, and return. Well, what happens between the resurrection and return? We kind of just assume all those things that Jesus is doing now are just happening. So where does the ascension fall in that? And if if we don't have the ascension, we don't have a lot of things that Jesus is doing right now, and we don't have the return in the same way that we read about it in Scripture. Yeah, you you almost never hear anybody say the the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. Yeah, I mean, just you don't yet, you don't talk that way. And, and this goes a little bit to the the Bible doesn't talk a lot about the actual event. There's like five, six, maybe seven verses total that talk about the actual ascension event, and it's all Luke's writing. It's in Gospel of Luke, or it's in the you know the beginning of Acts. But the Bible refers to the ascension a whole lot. It doesn't describe the event, but the Bible, either Old Testament authors are looking forward to the repercussions of the ascension. What is Jesus doing now? They're looking forward to that in Old Testament Psalms and prophecy, Daniel. 
or the Bible authors, the New Testament authors, are looking back and saying, since Jesus ascended, this is what's good about what he's doing now and what's good for us. So the ascension is central to the, to the message of Scripture. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament authors look forward to it. The New Testament authors mostly look backwards to it. And so it is central to the gospel message, in other words, the Bible, the New Testament specifically. Yeah, so if, if people haven't listened to the message, I mean, go back and listen to the message that's that's online. But also, you know, when you talk about it, it's a, it's a bad plan. I mean, that does make a lot of sense. Even as you talked about it, you're like, yeah, that just makes absolutely no sense. Like, Jesus, stay here. Right. <laughs> we'll hang with you. And I mean, even thinking about like, if he was still here, if Jesus was still walking on the earth, like, what would it be like? You know, I'm thinking of like these massive concerts where it's like, dude, I got a ticket. I'm in, I'm going to be there. He's speaking. You know what I mean? Like it would just be mobs and mobs. I'm guessing of people that would be wanting to follow and be with him and go see him. And it would be like, did you get to go see Jesus? I mean, I just was thinking about that, what that would look like. So, so maybe explain the difference between it's a bad plan and it was a great plan. I mean, just kind of unpack that a little bit. Yeah, sure. I think some of it, there's a little bit of a hint to this in the verses before our passage from Sunday, which is essentially Acts 1, 9, 10, and 11, right? That's that's one of the narratives of the ascension. Right. Uh, but we read in Acts chapters 6, 7, and 8 that the disciples are hanging out with Jesus right there on the Mount of Olives, and they say, hey, is now the time that you're going to bring in the kingdom? And so they're looking for this political, earthly, like right now, conquering kingdom. They want to overthrow the Romans. They want to overthrow the, you know, the religious leaders of the day and just be free from all of those things, and they think Jesus is the guy to do this, right? Well, if Jesus sticks around, he he's like, you know, we're making buttons and we're throwing rallies and we're he's campaigning and we're coming up with like make Israel great again slogans and all those types of things, right? We're wearing the hats and the shirts and stuff. Yeah. And Jesus is now running for office basically. Well, that seems like a great plan. You got a guy that's on the rise, he's your celebrity and uh, let's let's put him in office. Let's get the kingdom coming in. He's doing miracles, he's a great teacher, people like him. So let's make this happen. That seems like a good plan. And humanly that's what the disciples were asking for. Yeah. Well, it, isn't this the kingdom that you're about to bring in? It makes perfect sense. But it's not a great plan because Jesus wasn't about him, him, himself becoming king at that point on earth. He was about himself reigning in heaven like he is right now. And so it was a bigger thing than what the disciples were looking at. And I think from, uh, from our perspective, maybe humanly, it seems like a bad plan to take your, your best candidate off the campaign trail or your best player off of the team at the last minute or you know to take Jesus the savior of the world away from the world that needed to be saved or the hope of the world away from the world you know this is the messiah why remove the savior of the world from the people he's going to be saving and i think in my mind the reason that it is actually a good plan humanly it seems like a bad plan right i wouldn't strategize it that way right you keep the guy there obviously right I think it's a good plan because it takes more faith to believe in a Savior that's not right there in front of you and what he can do than it would to have faith in that same person that's sitting right in front of you. And so from an evangelistic standpoint, from a living by faith standpoint, it's a really good plan to take Jesus away from, physically away from the earth, and to help us actually have faith that he is who he said he is, 
that God is going to do what God said he was going to do and that the future is what God has promised it to be. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you've got the the ascension Jesus leaves and he says, "Well, I need to leave because if I don't leave, then I can't send the comforter." Yeah, which is the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. uh let's talk a little bit about that because that I mean, you know, the the idea of the spirit of God living in us yeah. now because of Christ's ascension and leaving. Now we have that, which is like a whole nother, yep. oh my goodness, this is crazy. You know, the, the idea of the spirit of God living in us. Yeah. That's just mind boggling on some levels. Yeah. And that's, that's different than how we see God working, uh, for instance, in the old Testament before, before Jesus did ascend. So we've got David saying, uh, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Take not your spirit from me. So it seems like the Spirit, um, you know, came upon people. Let's say in the Old Testament for s- special uh, activity, maybe. But then, but then left them. Now Jesus is ascending, and he's about to go to heaven, and he says, "When I leave, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, is going to come." And so then, ten days later at Pentecost, he he does come and uh, you know, the disciples start speaking these languages and the church just starts to grow yeah. exponentially. So, so without in our minds, without Jesus ascending, leaving, you don't get the blessing, the gift, the good news of the Holy spirit, because now he comes to live in us, indwelling us, not just um, coming upon us for a while and then leaving, but actually sealing us, indwelling us, filling us, being with us as believers, as Christians. Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is when we think about daily life, Christian living, every day waking up, following the Lord, living, you know, um, with a sensitivity to the Spirit of God leading us, and you know, saying no to sin and helping yeah. us as we read Scripture. Yeah. Like you know, um, we had a podcast earlier where we talked about uh, Pastor Pat and I were talking about the Spirit yep. and the Spirit power and what does yep. that look like yep. and stuff. But like even what for you personally, like what. When you think about that and when you when you look at your daily life and being led by the spirit like practically what does that look like for you like do you do you pray do you ask do you like what does that look like how do you process that in your own in your own daily life Yeah it's a great question I think you know immediately off the top of my head there's several things that the spirit is doing for believers right now today but but for me, the, the helper, the comforter, the encourager, that, that's huge for me. So knowing that I'm never alone. I don't have Jesus physically there with me, next to me. But I have the Holy Spirit in me, with me, always with me. And so that is a massive encouragement. I've got, that's God with me, right? So anywhere I go, I'm not alone. So when my son comes in, you know, in the middle of the night and says, I'm having bad dreams, He's made a profession of faith. He's a, he, we believe he's a Christian. I can say, you're not alone. He, you know, he's in a room all by himself physically, but I can say, you're not alone. You've got the Holy Spirit with you. Okay, so there's that immediate, I'm not alone. And I just think in my own world, that's just such an amazing comfort that no matter where I am, he's with me. And by the way, Jesus, you don't get that with Jesus. Physically, he's, He's either here or he's somewhere else. He's not in two places at a time. We, you never see that in the New Testament. He's bound by space and time, right? Mm-hmm. So he's so Jesus, in a physical way, now be careful here, in a physical way is not here next to us, right? We're not here physically, but the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. So no matter where I am, I've always got the Holy Spirit with me. That's a comfort. That's an encouragement. That's a help. 
I also think that when I read scripture, he, um, he takes what I'm reading, connects the dots in my own heart and my own mind, and that's how I apply scripture. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just behavior modification. Now, now the Holy Spirit is actually um, illuminating and taking scripture and helping me see brand new things that are in scripture and how to live differently uh, than I would live without the Holy Spirit, right. right? Unsaved people read the Bible as a textbook, and that they get the knowledge and stuff, but they're not transformed by the Word of God because they don't have the Holy Spirit. And then the other thing, for just a practical daily living thing, uh, why is it great that we've got the Holy Spirit or what difference does it make is we have spiritual gifts because of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so he's given, uh, he's given us believers... Uh, special indwelling, special special giftedness, special uh, abilities that are to be used to build up the body of Christ. And so us personally, we personally have gifts, and then the church has gifted people. Again, that's without the Holy Spirit, there's no spiritual gifts in the same sort of way. So the Holy Spirit is a gift to the church, and that's why it's good news that Jesus has gone from, from that perspective. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was reading in Exodus, I don't know, 30 or somewhere in there today, and it was talking about how God gave special uh, abilities to the craftsmen yep. Yep. to work on the, the tabernacle, tabernacle yeah. and, you know, the gold and the mm-hmm. craftsmen and the wood and stuff. And it, it, it reminded me of that, you know, like it wasn't like this guy's a great preacher, this guy's a great evangelist, this guy's a great discipler. It was like God specifically made those guys to be able to create whatever they were creating. Yeah. You know, and I, it just resonated with me when you said that of, you know, the spiritual gifting that God gives all of us and the body, which is a great picture yeah. of the body working together for one purpose, all for the glory of God to, you know, encourage and lift up the church and stuff. Yep. So, yep. So I think, I don't know if it was Francis Chan or one of those guys that talked about like, you know, if the spirit left you or left Sailorville Church, what would it look like? What Mm -hmm. would your life look like personally? Which is a great question for us to look at our lives and say, if the spirit of God left me, how would I act, think, live all those things differently? Mm Mm-hmm. And then specifically for our local church, Sailorville Church, like if the Spirit of God left, you know, we just had a great, great night yesterday, well, whole whole day yesterday and last night at Sailorville, and just mm-hmm. you could just sense like the Spirit of God moving and in people and stories and missionaries being sent out. I mean, it was just really cool. Like yeah. God took that away. What would that look like? And would there be a difference? I mean, that's the question. Would there be a difference in my life, in your life, and in our church? Yeah. Well, the answer is that there. There absolutely should be, right? right? Or else we're we're just phoning it in. We're just yep. going through the motions. We're just checking the boxes. We're we're the, you know, we're the local YMCA or whatever that's running programs for people, but of no eternal value. And there's there's no spiritual foundation there at all. From a practical like daily living kind of thing, it's you know even if you just take the three things that I said. So you've got the Holy Spirit that's always with you as a helper and a comforter mm-hmm. and encouragement. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you you are alone, right? You, you're, you're a Christian that's alone without the Holy Spirit, um, and you're not enough, but but you, but you think you are, right? So without the Holy Spirit, you you don't have that comfort of no matter where I am, I, I'm not alone, because you would be alone. Number two, you don't have any anybody illuminating Scripture. You, you're reading it like a textbook, and you're logically following arguments and things like that and the stories, and they, they may 
be great stories, but there's no spiritual change that happens in your life because of, you know, the Second Timothy three sixteen kind of kind of change, uh, because there's no Holy Spirit to to make that change happen. And then uh, the last one is, you know, the the power that you talked about. What would our churches look like if there was no Holy Spirit power? Well, my goodness, I hope they would. Lo- I hope Sailorville Church would look a whole lot different right. if there was no Holy Spirit here. There, I people wouldn't be getting saved, and there wouldn't be the kind of movement of the Spirit that we see um, on a hopefully a fairly regular basis here. And this last Sunday, and and even through this week, is a good example of that. Yeah, I don't want to be at a church like that. Yeah, I don't want to go to a church that can exist. Um, and can meet budget and can have people come in and out and, and, and do the church stuff without the Holy Spirit. It just doesn't, uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're giving our lives to something a whole lot more important than that. So let's ask the Holy Spirit to be at the center of that. And I don't, it's mysterious. I don't know exactly what that looks like, and there's no formula or anything, but it just seems like the Lord is, is you know, blessing Sailorville right now through the power and the gifts and the help and the encouragement and the comfort and the challenge of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's to me, there's nothing better than, like, personally, just, I don't know, feeling, quote-unquote, feeling the Spirit of God moving in your life. You know, just the idea of, like, I'm sensitive. I'm, like, I'm as I'm reading, I'm understanding. I'm being enlightened. Things are coming to like, Oh, I've never read that before. I've never seen that before, you know, Mm -hmm. or like God uses you in a specific situation where like you have a conversation or you're counseling somebody or you're in a Bible study with somebody or you're talking to your coworker. And it's like, God gives you like a verse or a word. And it's like that, that was of God. Cause I don't know where that came from. And I didn't really, but I felt like, man, I needed to say that or I needed to speak that word in that moment. Like, that's that's like a drug high, you know, like, oh my goodness, like give me more of that. Like that's awesome. You know, I want to do that more and yeah. and I want to see God do that more. And I think for me personally, like like I can read I can read my Bible like on a, on a daily basis. I can come to work here, but like for me personally, if there's sin issues in my life that I haven't yep. confessed and dealt with, like yep. man, I feel like the whole idea of being, you know, grieving the spirit and and quenching the spirit, like man, I just feel like that just whoa. It's like you know, it is like a blanket on that fire in a sense of, I feel like I've got no power. I feel like I'm dead or I'm dry or I'm lonely or frustrated or critical or critical spirit, critical heart, you know? Yeah. That's really good, Abe. And I, I think part of that is getting rid of distractions. It's sin, confessing sin and, and repenting and turning, you know, the 180 degrees turn away from sin, but it's also getting rid of distractions, turning down the noise. It's you know, it's the it's the writer Hebrews saying, as you run the race, put off those entanglements, the distractions, the things that weigh you down. It's not just sin, but things that are not best. So it's the things that maybe hold us back. And so get rid of those things. And I think have a um, you know have a have a lifestyle that allows you to listen and be led by the Holy Spirit. We're not great at that. We we fill our you know, we feel like like silence is awkward or like solitude is weird. Mm-hmm. And so we we fill our alone time, we fill our quiet time with noise and stuff. And some of that's not bad if it's if it's good spiritual stuff that we're filling our, our minds with. But um, at times I think we just need to turn things off and just let the Holy Spirit talk to us through Scripture, respond to us through prayer. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So with, with the ascension, you know, I'll ask, I'll ask the question I like to ask, like, 
so what? Right? Like, okay, yeah, so Jesus ascended. Cool. Like, I'll be like the, you know, the kind of the devil's advocate. Like, yep, good message, Jason. It was really good. You know, it was a good challenge. But like, what what does that practically look like for us? And how do we how do we celebrate that? How do we rem- remember that? Even like, as you mentioned at the beginning of just like, it's not something we celebrate or talk about or like, oh yeah, it's Ascension Day, you know? I mean, maybe give us some help just to practically think through that and make it a bigger deal. Cause I think it is kind of something that we just shove, shove aside and don't really, I don't know, think about or talk about or. Yeah. I think, you know, in the message we talked about four, four reasons or four ways that Jesus leaving ascending is, Mm. is actually good news. And so, so you can look through those and see how it is good news. You know, you mentioned the Holy spirit. Uh, We don't have the Holy spirit in the same way. If Jesus is still here, Jesus is not reigning as King right now. Uh, in heaven, in the throne room of heaven next to his Father, if the Holy Spirit is still here. We don't have the the gospel being spread uh, or faith looking the way that it does um, if if Jesus is still here. So there are there are good reasons. And then we don't have Jesus to look forward to in return mm. if he's still here, you right. know, profound, right? Like he's got to go to come back. So I think there are, um, there are reasons why it's really good news and why we should remember, why we should meditate on, why we should study, why we should think about, why we should celebrate, yes, the ascension. And uh, I think I think some of those things are, are in the text and some of those that we talked about on, on Sunday morning. But I think it's good for our souls, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's good that we celebrate Christmas and we get why it's such a great thing that Jesus came to earth, right? It's good that we celebrate Jesus' sinless life. Uh, we do that even at the Lord's table, communion, very, very regularly here. It's good that we celebrate Jesus' death, uh, Good Friday. It's good that we celebrate the resurrection. It, I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. With with Jesus still being dead, there is no salvation, right? There's no victory over the over the grave or over temptation, or over sin or over Satan. There's none of that. It's good that we look forward to his return. But it's also really, really good that we celebrate, that we remember that he's not physically here with us anymore and what he is doing because he's not here with us. And so I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't do any like research on how to celebrate Ascension <laughs> Day. I, you know, in some traditions, it's a big deal. It's yeah. a holy day or whatever. And, you know, there's special services and things. But I don't know. I was just thinking in my own mind, like, what, what would that actually look like for me to personally worship the ascended Jesus and maybe maybe specifically on that day, every day, like we say, we, we celebrate Easter every day, right? But what about celebrating the Ascension specifically 40 days after Easter? And mm-hmm. I think, you know, listening to a message like this, reading through texts like we have, uh, concentrating on when we're reading the Bible, what part of this passage um, points to the Ascension or assumes the Ascension happened? or is reminding people of the ascension that happened. So just reading the Bible yeah, with yeah. the lens of, hang on, this this writer is speaking as if Jesus is not on earth anymore. Oh, that's right, because he's not, and that's good news, or else this passage wouldn't be here. I think, you know, if you've got families just taking time on Ascension Day, which is, you know, happens to be this Thursday or whatever, yeah. Um. I, I, just, I was even just thinking about that if you've got if you've got kids like get a bouquet of like helium balloons or whatever and this is weird I know it's like it may be a little bit kitschy but read the story release the balloons and talk about what it means that Jesus is not here on earth but he's 
He ascended into heaven. Mm-hmm. Or light a candle and watch the flame or the smoke or something. I, those things seem cheesy, right? But I think we can be reminded of what Jesus did and what he's doing now, even in just little illustrations like that. So just whatever it is, take some time to remember and to thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, as, you, as you're talking, I think that just is, for me, is just great. It's just a great reminder. It's a, I think I'll always probably look at May 27th probably differently, I think. And just that it's just not something we've talked about. It's just not something we celebrate on, on a regular basis. And I think it's, and I think, I think too, like for me specifically, I'm like, you know, because Jesus left, now the Holy Spirit, you know, like to remind myself of that, like, yeah, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in me and dwells me. Mm-hmm. And that's where my power comes from, you know, and the mm-hmm. idea that the comfort mm-hmm. and the counselor and like all of that, the helper that to be reminded of that on a daily basis, because like today I can remember that, but like tomorrow it's like, oh no, I got it. I'm on, I, I've got to figure it out. I'm, I'm in control, right? Like, you know, I need it every day, every day to remember that. And I'm weak that I need God's power to do anything. And without that, we're just, we're just living natural, empty, not powerful lives. Almost like atheists, basically, right? As, as if the Holy Spirit does not exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a mind flip. It's counterintuitive to, to think about why is it good news that Jesus is gone? What do I have? What is happening in my life? What's available to me now because Jesus is not here? And I think when we start to read scripture and start to look at our own lives and our churches and our you know families or whatever through that lens, well, God will begin to reveal a whole bunch of reasons that are already there that we've just overlooked and will begin to speak a language that we haven't spoken before and it'll be everywhere. Why is it good news? Wow. Look at all these reasons. Yeah. It'd be different. Yeah. That's really good. You got anything else you want to share? I think that's really good, really helpful conversation to have. No, I think that's it. Just be intentional, yeah. be intentional personally, make it a, um, make it a time of, of intentional worship, whatever you do to celebrate the Ascension, do something and make it intentional. And if you've got families, you know, maybe do something a little bit special and, and talk to your kids about, read the passage, talk to your kids about why it's important. And then, you know, for the rest of your lives, just when it comes to this time of year, just don't overlook the 40 days after, after Easter, you know, we, we skip over it, but it's really important. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for, thanks for bringing us to this point and making us think about it and ask some good questions. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. It's a real privilege.